Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series on international due diligence investigations, finding the needle in the corporate haystack. This series is sponsored by Infortal Worldwide. Established in 1985, Infortal Worldwide has conducted over 2 million investigations globally. Infortal specializes in investigations for FCPA vendor risk management, mergers and acquisitions, transactions, board due diligence, and screening of executives internationally, in addition to routine background checks. Infortal has implemented, tried, and tested methodologies combined with new tools to reveal 30% more hidden and undisclosed information other than investigations. For more information, check out their website, www.infortal.com. Over the next five podcasts, we will be exploring such issues as when basic due diligence is no longer enough, given some recent government FCPA and international anti-corruption enforcement actions, what do CCOs need to know and want to know, what is and what is not working in due diligence investigations today, M&A successor liability issues, reputational damage, how they might be avoided by more robust investigative due diligence, and finally, with the changes in global policies regarding data privacy, the changes in technology with AI, what are some of the innovations and progress we will see in, in investigative due diligence going forward. Throughout this series, I am joined by Candace Tao. Candace is the founder, founder and CEO of Infertile Worldwide. I know you will find this series useful and instructive. The series on international due diligence investigations, Finding the Needle in the Corporate Haystack, is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This conference will now be recorded. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I am here today with Candace Tao. Candace is the owner and founder of Infortal, and we are going to uh, talk about when basic due diligence is not enough. So, Candace, first of all, uh, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you, Tom, for having me on your show. So, Candace, I'm really excited about this series because one of the things that many uh, corporate compliance practitioners and indeed wider senior executives, boards of directors and businessmen don't understand is uh, how you do due diligence, how you find a needle in the corporate haystack, but more importantly, why doing so is important. And uh, one of the things that um, everyone has heard, certainly as a buzzword, is due diligence, but they may not even know what that means beyond simply asking questions. So uh, I thought it would be great if we could start with kind of what is basic due diligence and why is basic due diligence uh, not enough in many situations in the corporate world? Sure. So um, this is primarily looking at due diligence from an investigative standpoint. Um, There are various aspects, obviously, to broader due diligence. There's legal due diligence, uh, books and records type of due diligence, accounting, internal controls, that type of thing. Um, but this, uh, what I'm going to be talking about is really focusing on the investigative side of due diligence. And what's important about that is that the um, due diligence that's performed, or in some cases, lack of due diligence investigations, 
is primarily what gets companies into trouble with enforcement agencies. It's well known that about 90% of third parties in corporate supply chains, that would be agents, distributors, consultants, a wide variety of intermediaries, um, they are the, the most common cause of FCPA violations. And so it really behooves companies to take a, a look into the background of those companies and oftentimes the executives of those companies also and take a look at, excuse me, what is it in addition to other types of due diligence programs that a company should incorporate into its compliance program overall, and whether or not you can identify patterns of behavior, um, whether it's a pattern of behavior by an individual, uh, an executive in, in charge of a, a third party organization, or whether there are other acts of um, you know, misconduct by different types of um, third-party vendors oftentimes. And so due diligence investigations are an effective tool for evaluating um, anti-bribery and anti-corruption in corporate supply chains. So Candace, what are some of the critical differences between a basic due diligence and a deeper dive due diligence? Sure. So there, there are... Typically today, we see about three levels of due diligence. Due diligence is an overarching um, approach to investigative work. But if we zero in on what is applicable in the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act uh, type of landscape, the anti-bribery, anti-corruption measures that companies like uh, need to employ, the three levels are typically level one, very basic due diligence, um, that typically looks only at uh, global watch lists for sanctions, you know, PEPs, that type of thing, anti-terrorist lists, anti-money laundering lists, know your customer. And that really evolved based on due diligence in the financial community, the financial institutions. And um, so along with that, we often see um, in level one, the, a summary of who are the beneficial owners of the company, what is their corporate structure, if it's known, um, some financial information, pretty much basics about the company, and in addition to the uh, global watch lists. And many companies use that as their primary tool for risk ranking. Um, and as we go along through this um, discussion today and later on, we'll see that that may or may not be a very effective way of ranking risk number one, and certainly would not be, should not be considered um, any type of thorough due diligence. Deep level due diligence, on the other hand, and there is a second level intermediate to these two, deeper dive due diligence looks at every aspect of public records information in addition to a couple of things that, that are not public record uh, necessarily. But um, that would encompass things like uh, deeper dive of executive backgrounds, um, far beyond what most companies do on their executives, which would be a, um, a smaller amount of checking of their employment, uh, routine employment type background screening. So many companies try to do deep dive due diligence um, with using only routine background checks. And so that gets them into a lot of trouble, too, because they're missing a great deal of information that they should be looking at. Candace, how can you use the due diligence process 
if not to identify bad people or bad actors, identify patterns of behavior which might tend to indicate uh, propensity for circumvention of internal controls or uh, if uh, not stepping over line, getting too close to the line that indicates behavior that may uh, turn criminal or turn uh, in a direction that would hurt your business reputation going forward? So that's a really great question, Tom. Um, there, there are behavioral issues that can be um, discovered um, through deeper due diligence, whether that is online searching of media, uh, that would be newspapers and publications, digital, of course, today, um, and a wide variety of um, information can come up in behavioral type of uh, assessments in terms of what is what is in the background of the executive or what is what is known about that company? How have they behaved in business in the past? Have they been involved in other issues? Um, uh, scandals, developing scandals often don't get picked up. You might be surprised to know. Um, and... Um, Questions that have been raised in the past, perhaps through um, uh, information available in that country, for example, that may not reach um, the rest of the press. So you may find that there are local issues that are well documented. Uh, sometimes you can only find that information through uh, local language searches online. Uh, other times you need to do in-country searches. Sometimes there is information known locally about an organization, about how they conduct their business and whether they're perceived to be corrupt, that um, isn't found in any other way other than uh, doing on-the-ground assessments. Uh, oftentimes, companies consider that um, something that they would do later on in due diligence when they're looking more at the deep dive due diligence. However, um, there is uh, very important information, a great deal of hidden and undisclosed information is found through deep internet searches. Um, but most companies are looking at uh, adverse keywords and you know they may be looking at only 20 or 30 adverse keywords. Of course, if a person has, a, uh, or a company has a history of bribery corruption or perceived um, uh, types of bribing of, of local officials, they, that information may be found and it may not be found unless you look in the right places for it. So there are, there are various types of behavioral issues there. There are other areas that can be looked at also in executive backgrounds in terms of how they behave. Um, but again, that's typically found in the deep, deeper dive due diligence. Candace, it, it seems to me you're describing uh, a, a process that is really labor intensive and whether that is shoe leather getting out on the you know in you know, walking around talking to people in doing face-to-face -face interviews or as you just said sort of a very deep dive uh, in the internet but it's it's really digging into uh many different sources of information to come up with a much fuller picture of whoever you're looking at whether it be an individual or a th uh, third party yes exactly and um it's it's often the 80-20 rule, isn't it, that um, you do find about 80% of information online uh, about companies if you if you do that uh, mid-level search, the level two type of search, which incorporates uh, the um, deep media searches, which we just discussed, the newspapers, journals, periodicals, articles. But there's a lot more to the World Wide Web 
than just database gathered information. And so you can find um, 20, 80% of the information fairly readily if you're looking for it. Again, most level one searches don't look at that information. And risk ranking today is mostly based on the level one checks. Um, but 20% of the information that is aggregated by the large data aggregators, 20% of that information can't be found readily. So why is that? That's because in part, uh, companies don't disclose all their information naturally. And they, um, you may not find that information readily in, in those basic types of searches. However, it does exist. And so 20% of that information can be found by investigators. But, um, but most companies, again, are relying on um, the aggregated data information. And so when we do eventually have artificial intelligence that, that sweeps the web more deeply, still that will really mostly be looking at 80% of the information and not that last 20% that often trips companies up in terms of their co corporate compliance programs. Candace, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for this episode, but I've uh, been visiting with Candace Tao, the founder and CEO of InfraTau, on uh, when basic due diligence is no longer enough. I hope you will join us for our next episode. Where we're going to look at one of my favorites, uh, recent enforcement actions and what CCOs not only want but need to know. Candace, uh, thank you for taking the time to visit with me. Thank you, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Thank you for joining me on this episode of International Due Diligence Investigations, Finding the Needle in the Corporate Haystack. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow for our next episode. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact Infertal at their website, which is www.infertal.com. This five-part podcast series has been a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.